Hi team, you're listening to Equally Lost, the weekly podcast on design, business and existential crises. I'm Elsa and here today with me is... Sophie, for fr- <laughs> Sophie, nice to meet you everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so weird today. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia, I cannot tell you how excited I am that today our theme is basically just complaining because between recording the last episode where I went on and on about how I had a spiritual experience like going to the gym at six in the morning on Thursday and like all of that pizzazz the way I want to unalive myself today I cannot describe I mean join me I'm literally next in line I completely fucked up my exam this morning um and that's all oh because God. of my stupid like you know when you have like an essay question and you're like okay this like I have and you have a limited word count and you're like for this word count like should I put in all the nuances or just focus on really structuring my argument well on the like main thesis although I know that the main thesis is influenced by like these other nuances and other arguments and counter arguments mm-hmm. you know like in, you know and I ha- you have like this dilemma between writing something that's like well written writing something that has good content but it's not going to be well written and I fucked it up because I should have focused on the good content. And so, I don't know. I'll see. Inshallah, the results will be okay. Inshallah. Yeah, um, I didn't even know where to start, really. So, you know, yesterday I was in the library the entire day, which by itself is, like, not a bad thing because, like, did I have anything else to do? No. Did I get good work done? Yes. I wrote an entire draft of my paper that is due today at 5 p.m., um, in this podcast we don't want people to justify themselves for getting shit done in the library on a Sunday (laughs) it's fine that's what you're supposed to do (laughs) exactly um and so right I like that by itself is like not a bad thing but um then I met my housemate in the library we had this like weird moment where I went into the bathroom and I was like in line and then she walked out of the store and we just like stared at each other without saying anything for about like 10 seconds and then um we went to go get dinner at like the latest possible time at like 8 15 or something and came to the house to eat and uh when I tell you that there was just something wrong in the like in the energy like God really said that these people are going to be sad right now because my housemates and I just sat around the table like all talking about how we're like exhausted and like want to die and how we're like are so close to crying like something just shifted and I was supposed to study like after dinner, but what I did instead is, you know what I did to like unwind? What did you do? <laughs> I, I, um, Tell us. So I'm a big, I'm a big user of Audible. If Audible wants to sponsor us, that would be great. Um, <laughs> I'm listening to Ruth Bader Ginsburg's biography, which is mm-hmm. 29 hours long. And it's so good. Like, it's, like, excessive detail. Like, if you're not interested in case law or how, like, Jewish communities lived in Brooklyn in, in the 1940s, like, don't listen to it. But I love it. I'm living. And, yeah. And today I woke up and the wind is icy. And I'm just not having it. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you, you and your housemate kind of fed into yourselves all the negativity, you know, because when you start like complaining, then you stop the vicious cycle of complaining and then everyone complains. And then for some reason, like there are, you know, a number of possible reasons you never thought of for, for, for why your life is shit on that day. So... Well, it's yeah. also just because we're both on our period. So. <laughs> Same though. No, no, I 100% feel this like energy as well. I'm on my period as well. And like, you know, like I'm like on this hormonal swing. I, I literally am bipolar. Like, I don't know. Like I was watching Modern Family to cheer myself up during lunch as I was eating food. And literally I almost cried at some scenes. Oh and I'm God. like... <laughs> No, sorry, I can I can do I I can one up you on this. This morning I was doing my literature review for my research paper and one of them was titled like um international migrant labor, a review of uh, expats in Hong Kong, and I teared up at the Hong Kong. <laughs> I know, I tell me, honestly, honestly, I'm a mess. 
it's okay yeah it's okay what else wait i have like a whole laundry list of things the thing is sophia doesn't have a donimogami started so we're just like really digging through this um but guys if you want to watch a movie and feel you know have mixed feelings about it watch malcolm and marie uh, I know you've watched it. Yeah, yeah, Zendaya and yeah, the, yeah. yeah. That's a that's that was supposed to be my don't even get me started. And by the way, the reason why I don't have a don't even get me started is because I can't do maths, and I fucked up the time zone of our recording. I was actually just about to go out, need to come back in one hour and do the pod, uh, but turns out Elsa texts me saying that she's online and we have to do it. I'm like, oh, okay, fine, let's do it. Because the time um, difference between. Eastern Standard Time and Italy is six hours, not seven. <laughs> yeah, sauce guys. Um, so yeah, uh, but recent, like, mm. really, really good movie I watched is um, Malcolm and Marie. I really liked it. Um, I, I know people have mixed opinions about it, but I thought it was a very theatrical movie. Like, if you think about it, there are no dialogues, it's just monologues throughout mm. the movie. Because there's always, like, one of them speaking and the other one it's just like there listening and mm. um i like the fact it was black and white i liked the the things they thought of although they were a bit dwelling on certain things without really going too much into the depth but i also liked how the entire story of the couple is narrated through their fight so right I liked from what well. i understood like from what i understood and you can correct me if i'm wrong because i haven't like really delved into the criticisms of the movie is the reason people had mixed opinions about this wasn't about the movie itself as i understood it was about like zendaya and the actor whose name i don't remember having like a pretty big like age gap and of course, like people on Twitter sometimes just need to touch some fucking grass because they're both like grown adults, right? Like I get if this was like a 16 year old playing like um, against like a 29 year old, like obviously yes. But like once people are like over tw- the age of 25, which like I think Zendaya is around that age, she's like a bit older than us. I, I think she's like 24. Right. Like, dude, like just really that's the reason why because like there are so many other reasons to be skeptical about this movie to be honest really okay well yeah (laughs) that's what i saw on twitter so um no because i mean the entire so the entire movie is about this fight about her um you know i don't want to spoil it for you I mean, but um, so there's this fight because she thinks um, he took credit for something that was actually her credit. I'm not going to mm. say mm. so the, the listeners don't get spoiled. And like the entire and he has like this entire narrative of being like this young um, rising uh, movie director, but he's also black. And as a person of color, then um, no, I think the most politically correct term is like black person. Right. You want. I mean, you said both, so yes. Yeah, he's um, yeah, yeah. So and he's like, he's, he always and he had he, he's directed and stages stages um, this like movie um, that's about drug addiction and stars um, black woman in the movie hmm. um, as protagonist and uh, and he goes on and on about how you know all the movie um, all the all the criticism for the movie and the ratings are up and once again just because there's a black woman in the movie then it becomes a movie about race and about you know the mm-hmm. the social inequalities of the healthcare system and how that affects african-american women etc uh, etc et so again like and he's like what i'm actually trying to do is to you know show a fucking movie and people see race in it and then now every every african-american person doesn't want to watch my movie etc um right right well that makes sense right you know that makes complete sense um i think it's like it's just a very heavy movie in terms of the things they touch upon that no, that's not only race but also drug addiction like depression or suicide so i wouldn't recommend it to any like to everybody to be honest mm. um because you know there's no actual like visual scenery but the things they talk about it are really really strong mm. i think i'm gonna like i think i'd watch it just to like see the direction because it sounds very interesting uh, i i really liked uh, i really liked it be- because of the way it was filmed actually like the idea mm. of uh using an argument as a way to tell the story and um, you know it's all set in one place and just two actors um 
I thought uh, that's why I thought it was very like theatrical in a sense, like something you wouldn't see right. in a movie you see in a theater. What time and like where is it set? Do you know? Um, I I don't think there is. So it's set inside this mansion, basically, mm-hmm. uh, where they return to, which is actually like the villa that they were renting out. Um, so the entire movie is set in there, like in the kitchen, the living room, the bathroom, etc. And I think the time is is it quite unspecified, but I would say modern, like like more or less our age, not really like 2021 or yeah, like more or less like the 2000s, 2010s, time. Oh, okay. I wonder if I like saw like press pictures or maybe it was like a magazine shoot or something because I assumed that it was like in the 60s or 70s, but that's because there's a lot of like 60s 70s um soul music like uh, like there's a lot of soul music yeah like the music is from that time but by what they say like by the looks of them i don't think it's from the seven like it's not set in the 70s for sure right okay cool no i'll have to look into that because now i'm interested but um yeah. So you did have a don't get me started, but this um, I, I still wanna I, I still wanna say what I want to say earlier. Yeah. Is, go um, on. Do you know who Jen Gunter is? No. Oh. Well, you should because she is this um like she is basically called the world's <laughs> most famous gynecologist, the vaginal antichrist, and like God knows what <laughs> other things. And basically, she is this. Canadian uh, gynecologist who has dedicated her life to taking down like medical misinformation about the wellness industrial complex and like women's health. Um, Like, I guess I shouldn't say women's health because like she's talking about vaginal health and not all women have vaginas, but you know what I mean? Um, Mm. I don't mean to be transphobic, Um, but um, yeah, that's like her thing. And not only is she like super sharp in you know tearing down the patriarchy um through the means of the wellness industrial complex but also she is a doctor who swears and like that was actually like the thing that kind of drew me to her when I was listening to this podcast called Unladylike which is fantastic which I've listened to since like Hong Kong um and she was a guest on that she was talking about like you know like who decided that I can't swear like seriously Mm -hmm. like who who decided that I as a doctor can't swear I was like fuck yeah like true like who said we can't swear um and uh yeah she just talks a lot about how um she had like a very radicalizing experience when she was doing her not residency but her I want to say fellowship in Kansas where she had a woman who was pregnant and she was basically going to die if she didn't have an abortion and you know Kansas at the time had a law that said that abortions were only permitted when they were medically necessary and so the um, legal team at the hospital said that she would be fired if she performed the abortion and so what she did what Jen Gunter did was she called the lawmaker that had I don't know if he had introduced the legislation or if he was like the congressman from that district either thing and the congressman the the politician was like oh yeah um go with like your best judgment and so she's in the space where it's like you know she could potentially get sued if she actually performed this abortion because it was like you know legally kind of like in a gray space and at the same time she was like getting this advice from this lawmaker who had in public paraded an anti-abortion law but in private was in fact like trusting her expertise on that and that was like what drove her to become just like not here to make friends like calling it as it is like and I just really appreciate that damn thanks for introducing her to me yeah what's this thing about men wanting to control our right to give birth or not like honestly it's almost like period no pain Uh, it's almost like they're too emotional to be in leadership (laughs) yeah but she like aside from like super super serious stuff like that she also just like has a lot of really interesting things about um like reviewing these kind of like old wife old old what's it called old wives tales um and you know 
contrasting them against like actual science like for example did you know that urinating and um, after intercourse doesn't actually decrease your chance of getting a uti that's like a myth really according to jen gunter yes oh my god okay i know like <laughs> entire lives are a lie <laughs> wow okay because right. okay now i can stop stressing about it because <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, like, based on what I've read, the only, like, scientific backing um, for, like, sex plus UTIs is if you use, like, an unlubricated condom, which is, like, who- hard to find. Yeah, who does that? <laughs> anyway, um, and then, like, thirdly about Jen Gunter, I'm sorry, like, you can tell that I'm just obsessed, but... Um, she is notorious like the way that she became famous so like her radicalization be- began in Kansas but her like celebrity gynecologist status actually comes from when she tried to take down Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop back when they were selling the vaginal jade eggs all oh, right what was that like what was that at our point of human history like what was that like honestly yeah um that was quite something i don't actually like quite remember what they claimed it would do but it was like oh it'll increase oh no sorry it was like it will putting this jade egg in your vagina will connect you to your feminine energy and it will um like increase bladder control and like stuff like that and she like Jen Gunter wrote this entire piece like tearing it down and then one of Goop's um like quote-unquote medical professionals on Twitter said that Jen Gunter was quote strangely confident in her claims about their jade eggs and Jen Gunter this woman she was like no I am appropriately confident because I am the expert full stop like damn Girl, God <laughs> tell them. <laughs> Louder for the people in the back. Honestly, I, yeah. I need to like print that sentence and like read it every day. Fuck whenever yeah. I took, whenever someone asks me about something, I don't know about like economics or something. Because yeah, yeah. Helps. Because on this podcast, there are two things we believe in: we believe in science, and we believe in a woman doing whatever the fuck they want. So exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what's your next laundry list item uh what is my next laundry list item uh i have i i made the horrible mistake of trying to pop a blackhead on my chin from like because you know everyone's skin is like freaking out from mask wearing turns out it wasn't a blackhead it was something that was like much deeper in my skin and so actually like accidentally ripped the skin off and now it hurts really bad like it's like actually scabbing so i did the same thing to my nose last week i look like rudolph the rain uh there is is absolutely nothing on your nose you're lying stop lying now but not like (laughs) do you have anything else on your laundry list i mean i besides sharing the chaotic fuck everything fuck everyone energy of today uh, um you know what i'm just like i'm realizing i'm just mad at myself actually why what happened no i don't know i'm just like oh you know everything is like itching me today i don't know i, mm, I think so I'm you're gonna... irritable yeah. that sounds like pms no but i'm not it's not pms because i have my period no but pms can like be overlapping with your period oh that's great news as well this um, is like the wonderful thing about the menstrual cycle is you like like PMS can like technically I think start like 10 days before your period or something and then it like overlaps with your period and then you get like probably like a week maybe two of like being kind of like stable no I shouldn't say that that's like going to be weaponized against women you are in like an aligned state where you're not like angry at everyone and then it just starts again 
But yeah, that's a fun ride. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I woke up like after my exam. I had a lot of good um, prepositions. I was like, okay, I'm gonna start cleaning my room, which I kind of did, but didn't finish. Uh, but I worked out. And that felt fucking great. And working out yes. helps with cramps, guys. Yes. Um, and that felt fucking great. Then I cooked like a kick-ass meal. Um, I wanted to go around and take pictures because it's a sunny day. But then I realized we are technically locked down. So I'm like, you're not allowed. <laughs> so I think I'm going to go and do the only thing I can do, which is go to Sephora and also buy a plant. And that's that's my laundry list for today great actually this reminded me of like one more thing is um in finland um and i think this is like a pretty european thing except for like the uk i don't actually know but in finland when you apply to university you actually have to like go through like you have to go to like a physical entrance exam like you get materials beforehand and you like study them and then you get like i don't know what the content is because i've never been to those exams but that's how it works um and then like a significant portion of the incoming class is selected based on those entrance exams and they're discipline specific and now so the um, Finnish government has instigated a lockdown and they're currently in lockdown but the cases are going up and now actually like when I left it was still like 300 a day now it's more like 600 a day 700 a day so it's actually like you know not great I don't Mm -hmm. not like I'm not entirely sure what's happening so um, we'll keep an eye on that but the thing is the I guess the union of the principals are like the presidents of Finnish universities today uh, they announced that those entrance exams will be held in person and everyone on Twitter is like what are you saying dude because there's like you know the obvious fact of like maybe bringing hundreds of people into the same place is like not a good idea but then secondly is like people actually like routinely travel between cities to go to those different entrance exams because you take them at the city that the university is located in um so that's the second one but then also when you talk about like when you think about like equity issues it's like what if someone is in a risk group like what if someone is like has asthma or is obese or like something like this that makes them more susceptible to to covid what if someone gets like exposed at one entrance exam and then is like put into quarantine for 14 days and then like misses the rest of them like there are just so many questions that like you would assume that these presidents had thought about but obviously haven't and that is just kind of baffling mm-hmm. Well, the good news is that the Johnson & Johnson vaccine got approved and only takes one shot. So. Fact. Yeah, that's what they're hoping to like give us here in May. Oh, that's good. I, I think I'm going to happen. I think I'm going to get a vaccine for my country in like November 2024, but it's okay. <laughs> um, Have some faith, please. Uh, I mean, no, I mean, because I'm young, like they, so they did like old people and now they're doing like teachers, um, all the, um, I mean, they did medical stuff as well. Like they were the first ones, like over 85 uh, medical stuff and now they're doing like under 65. Um, but then there's this, this like, there's, you know, there's this like um, range of people from 65 to 75 that got completely fucked up because they basically skipped them. Because of the oh whole God. thing about AstraZeneca working for people under 65 or over 65, blah, blah, blah. Right. So they started vaccinating people from under, like, for the under 60. And so they gave them AstraZeneca. But meanwhile, we're still waiting for Pfizer. And they, didn't know if, they don't know if they can give, like, AstraZeneca to the people um, above 65 to 75. And so these mm. people basically skip the shots. And I don't know what they're going to do. That sucks. Also, wasn't there something about like AstraZeneca, like supposedly like cl- causing blood clots and then some Danish yeah, research team was some... like, that's not true. Yeah, no, that's just, you know, like people, correlation is not causation. Like, but, right. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I, I was, I was, re- I was listening to it in a podcast uh, the other day, actually. And apparently, yeah, there were some cases that gave like blood clots and like, um, uh, so, so some people even died from it because of the stroke that it subsequently created but it mm. was like 30 people out of like 
I don't know, thousands of doses that were given. And also, uh, I was, oh, I also uh, listened that, like, the podcast was also saying that, um, you know, they blocked uh, the delivery of that specific unit of AstraZeneca doses, which, by the way, mm. blocking it means so you're blocking one million doses of vaccine. Because, like, what? they call it, yeah, they call it lots. And so, like, one lot is one million doses. So they blocked the entire lot. But then the, the, the lot that was blocked was actually redistributed to other countries. And so it went to like Malta, Greece, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it was given to the people and nothing happened. So it's not like there's anything. And also before it gets dispatched in the first place, it goes through other tests. So it was like an unfortunate right. series of events, but I don't think it's a vaccine. Right, like I'm trying to think, like, obviously I am like not, I'm not the expert on this, but I'm thinking like, aren't there so many like causal factors to strokes other than <laughs> potentially a vaccine? Like also, smoking, like yeah. smoking increases blood clots, like cholesterol l- levels, lack and of like, exercise, like yeah, and it's so like, many things. And it's not like you get a vaccine and then boom, blood clot. Like you know, it takes time for it to right. form as well. So. um you know what does like increase the chance of blood clots? Birth control. Birth control. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, oh, but what do you want to say? Mm. Since we always, you know, somehow, uh, you know, we should call this podcast the Michelle Foucault Fun Club because <laughs> uh, I talking about vaccine. Um, guess what China is doing? China is giving the Sinovac to developing countries. Isn't that soft power? I think that does, yeah, probably, probably, yeah. That is What's such a, is that, soft power. Do we know anything else about the contract? Is it like... So is- I, it was in, I listened to it in a podcast by The Economist. It didn't go mm-hmm. too much into detail, but what it was saying is that basically, uh, you know, China is, you know... Um, trying to push its vaccine to the market, but obviously uh, the health authorities are quite skeptical about it because, you know, it's sponsored by the government. We only know about the efficacy rate. We don't know anything about what's inside, how it works, Um, Mm. which, because this is all details that the government hasn't disclosed, but what China is doing is that it is supplying such vaccine to developing countries such as like Peru, Brazil, um, et cetera. So, you know, if you look at it from a foreign policy agenda perspective, that's a smart move. Because right, you know, that's interesting. The entire I mean, developing, like, developing, like the entire developed world is getting like the best vaccines. Hmm. Developing right, world has to wait and. Right, I don't know. Like the thing is, like I have friends who've gone Sinovac and they're still alive. <laughs> But obviously, yeah, like, no, no I, I'm not saying like, it's not effective. Like, that's not, no, not but what also, I'm talking do we, about. But also, do we know that it's not just saline? Also, no. Um, with Brazil, it's interesting because, as I understand, like, China has been trying to create ties to Brazil in more ways than one. Um, so just with, like, FDI, I think. Um, I don't have, like, a fact check here on hand right now. But this is what I remember from just talking to my Brazilian housemate but yeah yeah but yeah um no but it's interesting because I think some European countries said no to donating some of the doses to like African countries um and then there's China that's giving its vaccine basically for free to the rest of the world that's it yeah that's a good way of looking at it actually I didn't think of that yeah yeah. But speaking of vaccine distribution, uh, the New York Times did a really good segment on how like Bill Gates got involved in public health and like funding public health, obviously. Did you know that he and his money are behind COVAX? Like that's I, his yeah, thing. Yeah, I heard. I heard. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. That completely just like was not on my radar. Am I surprised? Not really. But it's kind of cool. Like they did some because um the reporter who was on the daily is actually like his beat is philanthropy so he actually like knew a lot about um how bill and melinda gates like got into this whole ordeal of funding public health and not just you know like they didn't just have a reporter who has been reporting on covid specifically and it just went 
a lot further back that was super interesting yeah isn't it crazy that we have like one guy like one private person like funding entire like vaccine distributions that's fucking insane yeah it is insane but that's money well spent so thank it you is, bill yeah. bill you did one good thing <laughs> <laughs> kidding he has you know he created microsoft that's commendable but yeah um should we should we should we talk about pet peeves a bit would that be good could be a good idea what's yours <laughs> like my number one pet peeve mm-hmm. okay wait i'm trying to like feel out what makes me most aggravated um honestly i think and this is going to be really 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 bad because i know you're like from southern europe and you guys have a different conception time of people being late like i knew it fucking makes my fucking blood boil i fucking knew it (laughs) oh yeah sorry that (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know Elsa that well, but when you're late, Elsa reaches like this scary psychotic level of passive aggressiveness where you're like, I'm so sorry for being late. And you know, it's only five minutes. And like, that's like being on time for me. And she's just like, <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. No worries. It's fine, babe. And you know, she's just planning my death. Like, she's planning your own death. <laughs> like, and there's no way back from it. You just have to like let her be in that space. Um, but then the thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, my therapist and I are working on it. But, <laughs> <laughs> it like it dissipates like the second we start recording. Like it goes away very quickly. Love it's you. Just, love you too, but my fucking god. <laughs> it's like Sophia like raises my blood pressure twice a week. Sorry guys. Sorry, Elsa. <laughs> no, okay, but to be fair, like one of my pet peeves is waiting on people. Like I don't care if you're 20 minutes late, because I'm probably gonna be as well. But like if we have like, you know, if you text someone and you're like, okay, so are we getting that coffee tomorrow? Like, yeah, 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 sure. But they then don't really confirm and I have to be waiting the entire morning for you to confirm like the fucking coffee mm. in the afternoon. That drives me mad. Like because am, then you can't schedule anything else. Yeah, for that you time. can't schedule. Yeah, you can't schedule anything there because you know that perhaps maybe you will have to go get the coffee with that person, and so you have to like keep that slot free. But then at the same time, you have you still need to get confirmation from the person. And they last minute they cancel on you, and you're like, "Fuck you, bitch!" You could have tell, told me this before. Like so annoying. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, and it's like I don't. I, I will say I think my like neurotic tendencies about being on time really like I had them before but the thing that really really like radicalized me in this thing was our biology teacher have we talked about him on this podcast before I think he'd maybe come up forever yeah no has he not okay well he he was like he was the person who really instilled in me this like military grade path to be like five minutes early to everything. So how do I explain this? First of all, he's an amazing teacher and he like commands a lot of respect from everyone. So that's like very well earned. And I think, you know, people want to be in time for him also because he's scary when he gets annoyed. Anyway, uh, so um in our first year and sometimes I forget this in our first year LPC our classes started at 7 30 in the morning which sharp sharp uh and then the year later they decided that we need to sleep so they started class at 8 30 and I remember that was like a whole ordeal like we had an entire college meeting where people who were going to graduate and never even feel the effects of that were like fighting tooth and nail to keep our classes starting at 7 30 and all I will say is like fuck you second years because the second classes started at 8 30 everyone was just so much happier you could see people actually have like life in their eyes Anyway, so our class was started at 7.30 in the morning and 
because we were at boarding school it wasn't like that bad because it would like it wasn't as bad as it could be because your your classes would be like max three minutes away from your bed basically like we lived in the building furthest away from a block and I could still wake up at like 7 20 and reasonably on time with Trevor it was that uh, I would have to wake up at like 7 15 to make sure that I was there at 7 25 because everything after that was late because he started teaching at 7 30 sharp and um there were moments when like you did not want to be that person who came there at 7 31 when he had said the first word like you did not because he would like st- he would stop he would stop talking he would stare you stare at you like dead in the eye and as you were walking to your spot in the lab like your chair his gaze and his like his gaze would follow your every step oh my god and he would turn his body as you walked and then at some point you'd be like 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 I'm sorry like I'm, I apologize and then he'd like take a breath and like keep teaching it was fucking terrifying but at least you know after you were late once you were never late again <laughs> makes sense I needed I needed more Trevor in my life hundred percent need more travel in my life um you know like this also reminds me also on waiting on people like if you have i hate it when if you have someone coming over like for dinner for studying afternoon tea whatever and they're like oh yeah i'll come over in the afternoon i'm like when like afternoon <laughs> what like in the evening <laughs> when like eight o'clock <laughs> seven o'clock five o'clock because that's that makes a difference like if you come at six then it means i can shower from five to six like and you know i don't want to be like it's so why don't people like keep fucking details i think i sometimes i think i sometimes will tell people like oh i'll come by in the evening but that's like a day before or like two days before and then like on the day i'm like hi can i come at like seven or something because you're a normal human being right that's what humans do like that's what i would because do because i, would I be went like, to travis i think yeah and like i'll come by and be like okay coming i think i'll arrive by six or oh is it fine if i have by 5 30 no there are some people you're like oh I'll come over for dinner you're like okay so dinner means eight o'clock for me okay you come by eight o'clock more or less okay so from right. seven to eight it's okay but then you know it's like 8 30 i'm like okay it's 9 30 like okay and then they show up at 10 I'm like bitch like what the fuck right this actually reminds me sorry you know what's an even bigger pet peeve than being late like this one actually makes my blood boil is when people cancel last minute oh yeah of course even like even worse when people I have seriously had like been in situations where people have canceled on me the like at the time that we were supposed to meet I don't know that happened to me as well. I mean, it's fine if you're like sick or like have an emergency, but for other reasons, I'm like no, no. But like bro. being sick is always a different thing. And yeah. like if if that's like if if like seriously something came, like of course I fucking understand. But there's like people who have cancelled on me. It's like I'm tired. I don't want to come. Like what? No. Like that's disrespectful. Like have what you, the hell? Like have you no respect for like my time? That's the thing. I think like. I shouldn't say that Trevor School teaches you to, I'm calling it Trevor School, it's sticking. Um, Trevor School doesn't just teach you to like be on time. It's that like for him, it was always about respect. And he was like very clear about that. Like it's about having respect for other people's time. And that's like what it really instills in you. Um, and that's like why also I don't ever want to do like long, long meetings, especially on Zoom. Like I prefer to send emails and like if I do meetings I do them in like 20 minutes because I do not want people to like sit around for nothing yeah I know 100% I agree 100% like we meet if we have to discuss if it's just like task I'm just gonna send you an email also you're gonna remember it more because it's gonna be on fucking written form and so you can come back to it and look at it so exactly that's the thing only if you have to discuss should you have a meeting and if you have to discuss something do it standing yeah um another pet peeve of mine is actually people who complain (laughs) which is what we have been doing (laughs) since the beginning of the podcast but let me explain it let me explain (laughs) it this is a different kind of complaining you know like so I think some healthy complaining is fine because you shouldn't repress your emotions you should let your frustrations out because but by keeping them in just will make you even more frustrated. But having said that, 
you know this kind of people that every time you talk to them you're like hey what are you doing like oh everything is shit my life is shit everything just not going the right way and you're like oh have you tried this no have you tried this no but you know like just bad luck my life is shit my life is, like I hate this kind of people because you are hiding yourself behind the fact that your life is shit when you're actually not even trying to make it better you know like mm. if you want to make your entire like identity narrative life narrative whatever on you know complaining because everything is going badly for you then go ahead but I cannot stand you and do not expect me to listen to you like complaining about nothing when you've tried nothing to make the situation better like I hate mm. people that are not proactive okay okay I'm glad you said the proactive part because I 100% agree with that I think it's like a question of like to what extent is what we're doing complaining and to what extent is it like just cathartic sharing of like a feeling that we both have right now like we're both in like the same situation of like just yeah, being yeah, yeah. like agitated you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah no yeah. 100% the way um, that like the, like I feel the same way the way that I maybe phrase it for myself is that I fucking hate when you cannot get a person excited about anything like if they're just like they don't want to do anything they have no opinions about what they want to do it's like you, you know how in like middle school when you know everyone was like hitting puberty and everyone wanted to be so cool it was like people were like too cool to do anything so mm-hmm. I remember like for example in like class a teacher would be like okay we're gonna like fucking play bingo or like some game or something and there would always be like oh my god the people are totally gonna know who this is because like my my classes were like so small but like there would always be like two girls in the back who were like ew no mm." like it like you know and there are some people you can understand when you're like 13 and you truly don't want to do something the world feels shit like puberty I get it but there are people who I legitimately have classes with right now we're 21 and they're still like that and it drives me mad like our professors are trying so hard <laughs> they're trying so hard to keep you engaged and you're just like being an ass about it yeah you know um what's oh another pet peeve okay this is this is weird like this is just something that I personally have um but I fucking hate it if you're talking to me that you like keep like your hands on my shoulder and you're like you keep like like it just makes I people do that some do like some people do and like they just like keep shaking your arm while talking to you and I'm like bitch I'm listening I don't need you to touch me please do not touch me I like I can't breathe when people do this to me like I literally Mm. hate it yeah yeah, yeah, people coming into your space, especially during COVID. Yeah. Or like, I think COVID has kind of like made it acceptable to keep people out of your space. True. It, yeah. Indeed, like it hasn't happened in a while. Yeah. Another pet peeve of mine is, and I almost don't want to classify this as a pet peeve because pet peeve kind of implies that it's like, at least to some extent trivial it's to some extent like a personal thing where um I my professor at the beginning of the semester for one of my classes asked via like a google form like what is something in a conversation and you could actually like ask them this too if you want is like if you're in like a conversation with someone what is something that makes you shut down and I said that it absolutely makes me want to like not say anything anymore like just walk out of the room when people tell me to calm down oh my god when people tell me to calm down calm down when they tell me what to do like when they tell me oh you should be doing this is like like no like i mean i have to contextualize this okay when people tell me to calm down yes like of course like fuck you man you calm down first (laughs) (laughs) first of all i am calm I'm exactly exactly i'm perfectly calm one um two yeah when people tell me like like when i'm doing something and people try to patronize me by telling me what to do and i'm actually 
doing already in front of their eyes the same yes. exact thing that's telling me to do. That makes me go crazy, crazy, honestly. You know, it's funny as my mum does that to me yeah, still. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, thinking about her. Yeah, mum, I love you, but like, holy fuck. Um, so with it, with like, obviously, like telling someone, especially you know, women because we're usually the ones that get told to calm down um it's like it's obviously tone policing which is like obviously just like misogynist like the basis of tone policing is keeping people with like legitimate concerns quiet like policing like for example we saw this like so much last summer where like people were having like passionate well-reasoned conversations about racism and they like finally had like a really good platform to talk about those issues and people were listening intently and then you would get these people who are like okay well I could listen to you if you were being civil it's like fuck being civil like of course like if you're in like a meeting with a client that's a completely different space like even then you know like women do get told to calm down in those situations but that I find is like a bit of a different like situation or like is you know not quite of the same caliber that this was but if you're actually in a conversation about a political issue if you're actually in a conversation about something that has like real implications of people's lived experiences then you cannot reasonably expect them to be there like you know or debate team or like the opposition that makes a, a valid point although I would like to I'm like what the f- like no no please I just really went off on that but like, it makes me so angry no, I, I feel it makes me so angry as well like telling someone to calm down is a surefire way of making them very much not calm it's like you know it's it's so counter like counterproductive in any sense because you're you like you know if someone is having like a panic attack you don't you don't tell it oh do not panic like bitch i'm already panicking like right right. (laughs) (laughs) like you're not helping like it's like it's like oh my god yeah um what was i gonna say what what else was i gonna say oh yeah oh my god so i was like in this um i was working on a project with a team and it wasn't like a group project in terms of like school like it actually you know I was like working with um you know people my age and there was this one person who and this was like last year so there was like one person who I don't know how to like fully describe it oh my god my, my sorry my housemate is playing music in the background I'm sorry if you can hear that but um I can't hear you I can't, I can't hear that Okay, so this one person, I don't like quite know how to describe it, but they were very, they were not really a debate club, but they were very like, oh, like treat people with kindness, but in a very non-critical way, if that makes sense. That's the best way that I can articulate this. Like, mm-hmm. um, like peace and love and doves and yet did what she did to me was she wrote me, they wrote me this, I, I shit you not 500 word email about how my face is intimidating and how I sounded angry and was like clearly angry at her and I like, could I be less angry at her and I was like you are projecting your own insecurities at me and that is not my responsibility obviously I said it in a much more diplomatic way than that because I really was not trying to like feed her argument anymore but then, you know, she kept going and going and going. And the last thing I told her was like, you realize the amount of like gendered subtext in you telling me that I look angry and like sound like I don't like you and like sound unlikable. Roxanne Gay has a fantastic essay on likability. And it's like, you know, men in stories, like fictional stories, I'm just like going to go off on this again, because like, what the fuck? (laughs) It's like, you know, men in stories, when they're like, quote unquote, unlikable, it's seen as a sign of like being a complex character, of being an anti-hero, of making some like big narrative point. Whereas with like unlikable characters, Roxanne Gay references, there's one author who had written... I think it was the author of The Woman Upstairs. And so the main character, Nora, is, you know, she's bitter. She, you know, doesn't like anyone. She's very that. And the interviewer had asked the author, like, I wouldn't want to be friends with Nora, would you? And the response of the author was like, 
how is this about you wanted to be my character's friend like the thing we go to for literature is not finding friends this is like exactly what she says like the thing we go to for literature um go to literature for is life like you not wanting to be friends with my protagonist is not like in direct proportion to like the quality of my literature and I was like just damn like yes fucking beautiful I remember you telling me the story of the email and I felt so angry on your behalf. I know. So, you know what happened to me? Like first days of university, I would mm-hmm. walk in and, and and like, and this was like, it was something that I discovered like only like later on, like basically this year with one of my closet friends at uni that told me today. And like, I laughed like now that I know it, but like, if I, like, if I reflect upon it, I realize it's kind of fucked up um, mm-hmm. because um she was like, oh, you know, like the moment you walked in, like I, you, you, you looked so intimidating and angry. Like you were sitting there, uh, you, like you went into class and then left class, like, and you felt like, and it just, I just didn't want to talk to you because you were so scary. Like I felt like bothering you all the time. And I'm like, bothering me for what? Like sitting in class because I'm taking notes because that, that's what I'm supposed to do like yeah, sorry I am this. I typing too strongly on my laptop like what the fuck um yeah yes but yeah and we've um we like one of our like first episodes was on the question of like being bossy and intimidating so you can go listen to that if you want to but yeah um super relevant do not tell people to calm down when they're just being passionate Yes, yes, it completely like it honestly hurts um, because it it's you feel completely invalidated in yeah. whatever you're talking about. Like it feels like you're completely brushing off something you actually care about, and you're trying to express that, and you know that just gets invalidated by people disguising it as you being very emotional about something. Right, and it's like, and it's this will be called, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, what's the adjective that will be used on men? Charisma and charismatic. Persuasive, um, passionate, um, a thought leader, all sorts of things. Yes, basically. Fuck the patriarchy. Also, uh, yeah, I mean, it was International Women's Day a week ago, so. It was. I've really aired out so much in this episode. I feel a lot better. That's good. <laughs> do you have any more? Do you have any more pet peeves that you would like us to, to discuss? No, but I just have a very weird one. Just you know, just to have a laugh. Um, oh, please. So my weird, like, it's an obsession I have. Like, um, if I don't wear lip balm, like every like ten minutes. I feel like my lips are dying. Like I just really, really like the feeling of like lip balm on my lips. And and I, I just do it. Like it's just like I'm an, like I don't know, it's just a ritual that I have. And I also do it like before an exam. I always wear lip fuck, I didn't do this this morning. That's why I went weathering. That's um, definitely why, yes. Yeah, hundred percent. Um like before an interview, before I have to speak to someone, I don't know, it just like sets me in the mood. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm trying I was trying to think of like is there anything that I never leave the house with I guess like you know this is like a very like common thing for girls it's like you just carry so much shit in your bag but that's like not really a weird obsession the weird thing that I came up with wait I just forgot it wait oh okay this is this has nothing to do with the bag do you do the do you ever do this thing where you like listen to like youtube videos or podcasts with people who just like completely disagree with and just like relish in the cringe like relish in like the feeling of being like what the fuck are you saying like in like a like almost like a masochistic way honestly because i do like i I was talking last episode about um how i watch girl defined and i just like generally like listen to a lot of like evangelical christian content and it's truly because it gets my blood boiling and i get such a kick out of it i do the same thing with listening to ben shapiro um (laughs) you know various people that i really disagree with 
And my mum incidentally thinks this is like a very noble characteristic. She's like, I am so proud of you for engaging with people who don't disagree with you. Like, sure, that's like a very charitable way of describing what I'm doing, which is basically just like um, searching for an adrenaline rush. (laughs) No, I do it. I do it. I used to do a lot with Jordan Peterson so much. Oh, good one. Yeah. So much like um, so much. Yeah, no, I do it. I mean, it's important, I think, to take on like a person's point of view that's completely different from yours. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, I don't know. It's <laughs> like this, like thought that I've been entertaining because, like, I truly find it. Like, I um wrote like a research paper first year on girl defined specifically, where I like combed through three of their videos to like find linguistic patterns. Even though, like, I'm not a linguist, this was literally like a 100 level course where we were like learning how to do linguistic research um it was it was so interesting because it's just like they live in a completely different value system from me and it fascinates me and every year they have this conference where they like have you know young women come together they're like 30 something but they call everyone girls which is like part of you know the evangelical christian dogma is um calling women of every age girls but and also the binary between like you're either single or you're married there's nothing in between um alas they have this conference every year in texas where they you know just you know bring women together and they talk about all sorts of things relating to like being what what does it mean to be a woman what does it mean to be a good woman and live a good life as a woman and i literally want to go there for like journalistic purposes and write about it so that no one else has to go but the only (laughs) thing is like literally I would literally do it It would like actually be so interesting the but then there's like the ethical journalist part of me is like okay but do I actually like want to pay money for it um is it like ethical for me to go there and like not disrupt it at all which like the second question to me is like quite clear like my job is not like being activist if I'm actually writing about it but the money part is still something that I'm like kind of struggling with. So maybe I have to ask my mom about that, but yeah. <laughs> no, uh, about Girl Defined, have you ever watched the- um, Oh, I've watched everything. I've no, watched no, no, everything no. they have. The <laughs> um, That's Cringe app uh, by Cody Co on Girl Defined. Yes, it's beautiful. It's modern that's a, art. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I, 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 would bring, <laughs> I would bring them along to the Texas yeah. convention. <laughs> it would be so but, funny. But they're men. They can't be that. That would be impure. Yeah, I know. Mm. What yeah, a shame. They're not, and they're not godly either. I mean, the thing is, like, I could so easily pass for, like, what they call, like, a godly... Like, because I'm, like, white and blonde... And like almost their height. Scandinavian. Right. Like I would blend in so easily. Like the only thing I would have to do is I cover my shoulders and I call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Seriously though. I so want to do this. (laughs) I should do it for your spring break. (laughs) It's in August. So. Okay. I mean. Why not? Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Thank you. I'll report back. But please, oh my God, like, can like some, can I like freelance for a publication and they can pay for my ticket so I can like take some of like the moral just trouble off of myself like that? Oh my God, like, I just so want to do this. Like, I would do like a whole audio track on it. I would do like a whole production. Fuck yeah. No, I, yeah. This is the type of thing. Investors. Yeah, this is the type of thing that Sophia and I do for fun. <laughs> oh, you also wanted it for fun today about Bitcoin. <laughs> Stop, oh my God. I was like, I don't know why you did it, honestly. I don't know why I did it. I was like, you know what? Okay, let's do it. Fuck it. And then I'll tell you how much money I lose. Dude, sometimes I'm so angry that we were born in 99 and not 89 because we could have like gone in on so much good shit if we were had been I, older. If we'd I been know. like, you know, 18 in the late 2000s, like, oh my God. Okay, well, Amazon, it's not worth, it's Amazon, not worth talking over. 
it's okay whatever fuck the yeah. stock market anyways could have could have learned to code and like make facebook by myself <laughs> <laughs> i also had that idea i was just born after him right yeah well um wait am i supposed to have an overhead i deleted yes, my I, I i deleted my instagram so this is gonna be really interesting um th- i'm not going back this time i'm i'm done for good i deleted it and i don't miss it at all but did you delete your profile or just the like, i disabled it oh, i disabled, disabled it. it yeah i yeah. you know what i did i changed password of my instagram thingy um on my phone um but i forgot what my passport password is so i can't access that's convenient yeah so i'm just keeping it like that to be honest and i'll just go some time on safari but like really really rarely i'm gonna go to overheard university because i haven't been there in a while <laughs> okay overheard university i can't see where it's from because i i'm not logged in but two people talking goes like this what's your background i'm scandinavian no, on Zoom. <laughs> so funny. Hit home. <laughs> Fun. Okay. Yeah. This reminds me. Um, I keep a short, very short story. I'm in this um restaurant. Um, in one of those restaurants where you have to go to the cashier to order and then get the mm. food, pay, and then you get the food. Um, and so I'm there, it's summer, and I was in there with my Peruvian friend, Fiore, and we were speaking Spanish all the time because we always speak Spanish with each other. And so the waiter guy is like, oh, where are you guys? Uh, where are you guys? He said. And I was like, oh, we're sitting at the table over there. And, I'm like, and, she's, and he's like, no, where are you guys from? <laughs> I'm like, I'm from Bologna. So what I'm hearing is this overheard is basically just like an adapted version of your conversation. No, of course, because my life yeah. is like so special and unique. Right, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Period. Well, um, this has been so cathartic. I'm so happy we did this. And guys, if you want to support the podcast, please remember to subscribe, tell your friends, and um, we'll see you next week. Bye, Sophia. Bye, Elsa. It was a pleasure as always.